I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's happiest podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George Demrose. This is the show where we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you. Today on the show, we have the owner of Sans Pants Radio, the sh- the network that this podcast is on, Mr. Joel <laughs> Zamet. How are we, Joel? Yeah, too bad. I'm all right. All right, that's nice to have you on. This, this has been a you know what I didn't I didn't prepare. <laughs> With like a more dramatic opening, so I had to do that on the fly. Yeah, no, it's it well done. Look, I feel like it could have done even more. But like, you've, been, you've you're almost the white whale of this show in many ways. You've, you, I've had everyone else on, and you're still. I know. All, all you had to do was ask. Yeah, no, I just didn't want to. To be honest, <laughs> Look, that's fair. <laughs> it's like it's not like such a white whale, but it's kind of like a gross whale over there. You're like, I'll get to it when yeah. I've depleted this <laughs> pool of amazing white yeah, whales yeah. over here. But that one looks nasty. It looks sickly. I'm yeah. not sure if that's healthy meat. <laughs> Well, it's good for you to thank you for being on. Um, thank you for asking me for some background, I guess. Uh, so, for anyone listening, uh, this yes, you started Sounds Radio like ten years ago now, so. something like that. I think it's like in, yeah, two thousand and eleven. I want to say sounds like ten years. Yeah, so, so that's about ten <laughs> years ago. Yeah, I, I think we we it would be coming up to ten years when we started like recording and all this kind of stuff. I think mm-hmm. we recorded a bunch of stuff in twenty eleven, and then we released stuff in in like twenty twelve. Okay. Mm. All right, you got you got to have some sort of ten year, yeah, we celebration. Should, eh? yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the no. <laughs> no, 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 we should. no, we should, we should do like a like because again, uh, we're in Melbourne and you know certain things were locked down and all those kind of uh, things, and so we didn't really have a Christmas party last year. So we can maybe just have like a Christmas party ten year, another Christmas party. Yeah, why not? Yeah, if uh, if if, we'll, if they'll let us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll do it's, that big celebration, big special. Nice. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, the ten year special, whatever. Get all the returning guests that everyone remembers over the years. The Friends Reunion, basically, yeah, yeah, is what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't spoken to you in a while, and I know why. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't care. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, we, we should do something. Do you mean internally or externally? Because I was thinking internally with the crew. Were you meaning externally to be like, I don't hey. know. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want more people? I meant externally, though. Yeah, I didn't mean like a special. Oh, no, I just, I just meant internally, just yeah, yeah. For, for us. Okay. <laughs> like a nice little party. That's unnecessary. Who okay. cares then? Yeah. Oh, I do. Okay. <laughs> My health with team morale. 
Okay, well, look, that's uh, look, that's on you. I was thinking more. I was just trying to give you some content, baby. ABC, always be content. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess for the quick summary, though, you yeah, you started there uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, I've already had them both on, mm-hmm. so with uh, Jackson and the other Joel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dusha so. and, uh, yeah, Latrobe. And then from there. It was actually, uh, yeah, initially it was actually Jackson and Zoe. Weirdly enough, so it's like Jack and Zoe were the first people uh, part of this ah. whole kind of group. Uh, Dusha wasn't there because he had a dentist appointment, so I, I, get, I got to meet him a week later. <laughs> okay, so you're going really specifically on who was there the first yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's that Fair weird shit that just sort of sticks in your brain. <clears throat> but I didn't mean it, it. Never meant to start out like this. It was never meant to start. <laughs> Because I was I was uh, lecturing and teaching up at um, yeah Latrobe and, and doing a media course, uh, which I really should not have been doing. Uh, I was underqualified, but I was doing it, and I had a I had a blast. Um, and I was doing like a lot of the practical stuff. And the subject was audience and communication, AAC, <clears throat> AAC. And my component, because it was like a, it was like a, uh, basically it was like two courses mushed into one because of funding, I guess. And so you, you had half the class went and often did theory, and then half the class did prac, like a practical, and then you switched halfway through the semester. And so I took over the practical stuff, which was making an audio documentary, like a four-minute audio documentary. So it was like very highly edited, really thought out, very well-researched, or at least, you know, well-researched for a first year. And so it was like really in-depth kind of almost like investigative journalism for a very niche thing. So we're talking like, you know, something like Radio Lab or or like you know, even to like more like an Australian aspect, like the like Triple J's hack was always an example we'd use to be like, see how they've constructed this. Yeah. And so it was like a lot of like that. And then so there was like I, I did that course when I was at Latrobe and I had like a good fun time with it. And I, I really enjoyed the aspect of audio editing. I really enjoy the aspect of like putting together a story out of nothing, as it were, and kind of like grabbing interview snippets and like a little piece of music or like a little soundbite and then being like, well, this is a lot of fun. And I'm wondering if we could kind of like open that up to see if more people want that kind of thing because I also found out of like a beautiful recording studio that was going very much underutilized. Mm -hmm. And so they sort of threw me the keys and were like, go nuts with it. And I was like, well, all right, uh, who wants to do this sort of uh, podcasting kind of audio thing? And I guess the, the, the crew at Sandspans were the crew that kind of stuck around the most because we had like a lot of people that were interested initially. Oh, really? And, um, and yeah, it was just one of those things where, you, you, again, like when you're ever starting anything kind of new, you have a lot of people and it's kind of like filters out. You know what I mean? So you start off with like a group of, say, you know, 30 and then it kind of whittles down and whittles down and whittles down. And like each step is like a certain kind of – thing where it like whittles down and whittles down and the biggest thing the biggest thing i remember this because dusha was very much like this is hilarious was the one thing that whittled down like almost like 80 percent of the people was a simple ten dollar fee because <laughs> i was like okay so we're gonna have to have like hosting and this was like when no one knew what the fuck we were doing yeah. and we were like oh yeah we're gonna need like a hosting fee <laughs> for like a soundcloud or something like that and for what we want to do that would be like i think it was like 500 euro for the the year or like for x many months or whatever it was and i was like okay so if we all chipped in 10 bucks you know we'd have covered this yeah <laughs> so so people were like no i'm out <laughs> this is my limit <laughs> 
And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's like, guys, we're going to have to chip in a bit more, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing. Be like, wow, I never, I, I never knew there was like a monetary value of what we were doing. Turns out less than a tenner. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. That's, 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 like, that's like the double hit. It's like, not only are you not getting the money, we're also letting you know that the idea you thought was good might not be as a valuable as you thought. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so again I never really wanted to get into comedy never really thought about getting into that kind of like pop culture bullshit it was more like you know kind of like interesting journalism and interesting kind of things you can do with audio but here we are you kind of like look you you make do with the tools that you got and these are the tools that I got are you talking about the the people or the yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yes 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 Um, did you actually have you ever thought about doing something like that again Um, I'm I'm guessing it's so much more work than... It is so much more work. So our very first iteration of... So we do a D&D podcast uh, called D&D is for Nerds. And the very first iteration of that was very, very loose. It was Jack doing the kind of like DMing, i.e. storytelling. And then I would take that audio and I would kind of get sound effects and I would kind of chuck sound effects in their music that I'd stolen from World of Warcraft and a bunch of other kind of things. And I really love doing that, but boy, does it slow down the production Mm. um, to the point where people kind of like, I don't know, does it, does it really enhance the situation? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it enhances the situation enough to warrant doing that. Yeah, the amount of work to put in versus what everyone's yeah, getting out of it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, again, I, I, like, I really love audio dramas. Like, I, I listened to quite a lot of audio dramas when I was uh, at university, and that's sort of, like, the reason why I sort of pivoted to audio when we were sort of given the chance. Um, and, like, I used to kind of, like, use, a, like, a primitive VPN back in the day to listen to all the to the BBC audio dramas. Like, what's the, what's the, okay, actually, what's the best audio drama? What's the one that you can remember? Can you remember so any of them? my favourite audio drama, uh, uh, forget the name, but it was it's with Bill Nye. Yeah. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. The the wonderful British actor. And it's this beautiful love story of, it's like him and his wife are getting to their, uh, let's say, 40th wedding anniversary or something like that. And it's a story of, so he ends up buying um, her a telescope. And so, because he's like, like, whatever, this is like a gift. Sure, here it is. And it's a story of him falling in love with his wife, but his wife falling in love with the moon, and then the moon coming to meet her and so it ends up being this love story that sort of delves into the like end of the world because the moon is coming down and it's very trippy and very cool and it's very beautiful and i love and adore it oh (laughs) that is that took a turn i didn't expect (laughs) it's just it's just such a bizarre thing that i don't think you get away with doing this in any sort of other medium like i don't you could not do this in film because it just takes like a left-hand turn you're like what the fuck yeah the moon is also you're like okay she's falling over the moon like metaphor you know like metaphorically or whatever she's like oh it's so beautiful but no 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 she's forming a love relationship with this moon and the moon's like oh yeah i want to come say hey that's hilarious. And there's just like a beautiful, like, is there's a conversation with um, Bill Nye's character, like the neighborhood boy next door, and he's being like, yeah, it's just into the world. Anyway, yeah, the moon's coming. Very that, cute. That, okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's already a story right there. Like, 
Love the love stories. I love the human stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And yet, on the other hand, this, that kind of summarizes your whole thing, I think, in one second. That that story, like, the lovely human stuff, but also the full tripped out weird. Yeah, this full, like, sorry, excuse me, what? But yeah, it's like one of my favorite uh, yeah, uh, audio dramas. And I think you can get it on, uh, on Audible from memory. Um, but yeah, there's this weird thing. And this is why, again, I think I pivoted way away from a lot of the audio drama stuff was just uh, uh, in terms of like where the direction was going because it was kind of fucked from like a performer standpoint from a writer standpoint from like a production standpoint because you'd have this weird thing where so it was it'd be live on BBC um or it'd be like on the BBC player for like seven days. So you'd have to kind of like listen to it and you had seven days to listen to it or else who knows where it would go. And and when I was doing my, my, my um, like thesis research, a lot of the kind of stuff in when it comes to podcasting is when you release an episode, people are going to be more likely to listen to it 10 days after the effect. So after, after it comes out. So you already had this initial like, okay, here's this thing and it, and it falls within this like kind of seven day period where if someone was going to listen to it and this was streaming, not downloading, you're already missing the mark there because most people want to listen to it almost like a week and a bit later. Is that, is that how it was back then? That was how it was back then. I don't know the data or anything like that mm. these days because, again, like I, I'm just not in that academic wheelhouse anymore, so I have no idea. But I can't imagine it's changed. No, if it's anything. your job. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they eat that? I'm sorry. I don't have access to Google Scholar anymore. <laughs> so sorry. I have to pay for like research articles. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I can only like if, if I was to make a th- like a theory, it would be it, it would have only gotten worse in terms of what when you would download and when would you listen to it. You Simply because there are so many more podcasts now. That's what makes you think the only time it's because there's so many. Yeah. Now it's like unless you listen to it when it first comes out, you're just never going to listen to it. Look, like that, that. That's another good look. Hey, this this is this is this is how we start a research paper. Because <laughs> you've got one thesis, I got another. Yeah. I'm like, hey, let's go. Let's see what the what the data actually says. Yeah, we can do it. find out. Like, find we can find out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> real nice. Yeah. So the issue there when it came to audio drama was like, and from my research being like, well, you've got this thing where people want to listen to it, but then they can't because it's gone. And then you've got another problem where it's only available on streaming because download meant something else, and the the there was like using like different rights and all the contracts involved with the actors and the producers and blah, 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 that it was very out of date and no one bothered to check in. Mm. And so like, it's a dying art, but there's like people that you know, make really, really cool radio dramas that pop up here and there. Yeah. That's the because it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a medium that doesn't seem to die, which is nice, but yeah, considering how long it's been around for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just kind of just keeps clawing. Like, but I guess yeah, even audiobooks getting, Mm. So big now compared mm. to even ten years ago, mm. that would have been a bit of a bite into that as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, you think of it in terms of what people have in their kind of you know their ear space in terms of what they can listen to in a day, kind of thing. Like how how much can they actually consume? Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, yeah, sure, you can listen to you know X, Y, and Z. But the more stuff you you know putting out, and like you listen to an audio book. And they are usually like 20 hours, if not more. And so if you're listening to it over the course of what a month, let's say, like an hour a day, I mean, that's, you know, your your listening space is now taken up by an audio book. So all those like podcasts yeah, that yeah. you listen to are going out, you know, <laughs> they got to have space for something. So Yeah, exactly. No, there's only so much time. Mm. So yeah. yeah, so like knowing all of this and realizing that like you can't even download an audio 
audio book, also oh, audio drama back in the day made me really be like, is this a, an area that I really want to go towards? And when I was doing an internship at um, ABC Radio National, I think, in their audio drama department, while I was doing an internship, they got cut. <laughs> like, they got their funding cut <laughs> to the point where I was just like, cool, I guess. This is a thing that I really like. This is a thing that I really love. And this is something that I've like, because again, I, I always found, I found with audio dramas like sound effects, like th- that's where they just would be just let down. And so trying to find like different sound libraries and different kind of ways that you could kind of grab audio or grab little sound effects and make something new and interesting. So you'd be like, okay, explosion or so let's like, you know, pull all these different aspects. So it's like it's like the glass shattering, the initial boom, that kind of that silence of that, all those kind of things that we can kind of like chuck into just an audio. And so, yeah, let's do that. And then you'd listen to like what people kind of just kind of doled out because maybe they didn't care or maybe that's all the resources they had. It kind of sounds like two trolleys just <laughs> slamming into each other. I'm like, that's not a car crash. It's not a car crash crash at all <laughs> so yeah the, the tires spinning the yeah. skidding the bones crackling as it hits yeah yeah that's i love how geeky your issue is because <laughs> 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 I, I feel like audio is one of those things that which you kind of touched on how like the amount of work you put in versus mm. what people get out it's like i really feel like it's something yeah it's almost probably the most in some ways because like when you're doing it you feel like you're being so pedantic about how to do it oh, but yeah. everyone listening just does not notice at all Don't unless know. you're like an audiophile yeah basically. like i remember trying to do one it was like a storyline about an int so it was like there was a i was there for the taping of this and so the editing of this and, and it was um like a take on on fagan uh the the oliver twist character fagan and it was like him in jail about to be hung and it was like him having a chat to a, a, a guard basically mm-hmm. and it was just like a back and forth beautiful performance i'm not i have no idea where i could listen to this even though i kind of sort of worked on it as like in an intern perspective and yeah like i did, I did some sound effects for them um but i don't know if like the the, the producer ended up using those ones because i kind of went really like in depth and kind of used some like sound stuff and it was just kind of this thing where it was like ah oh, this this big heavy door opening right and you kind of think like right this big heavy prison door opening and you're like okay so what needs to be in there so you first off you got the sliding of the door you're like okay cool so you got a sliding of the door like a hunk. so okay cool that makes sense then you have like a big lock well, you know, first off, you've got the key, you know, unlocking it. So, well, what, what, there's like a lot of components there the key going in, turning, the jangle of the actual big lock being lifted, that sound of just someone grabbing the lock. You know, there's like a subtle one there you can do, like, you know, or the, like the keychain where it all kind of, you know, someone like is fumbling for that, opening it up, and the big kind of things all kind of coming together. And because it is a prison door that is meant to kind of represent this kind of like, barrier between freedom and not you really want that to be oppressive you want that to be loud you want that to be big so kind of like really you know boosting that up uh and then of course like the footprints like all the footsteps of the guards and it's like how many were there and so like a lot of like footstep sound effects are just like someone walking in a pattern but people don't walk like dun 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 there's like you know a pattern to sort of like how people walk and so then you kind of think well if you're you're a guard in this kind of era you're probably walking with a bit more authority and so like having to record myself in boots (laughs) are you serious i kind of i went a bit above and beyond i was 
very bored. Uh, <laughs> I want to make a good impression. Did I? No, because it was cut. Yeah, um, <laughs> didn't matter. Didn't matter. It was fucking, the whole yeah. thing was cut. So yeah, the, the, those are the kind of things where you, you think about uh, a lot, and, and when you kind of go into sound, and like a lot of this stuff is transferable today, like the film industry, because mm. like the sound in in a you know, film is very important. If it is often ignored, because people just don't really notice it if it's doing its job. Oh, it's, yeah, that's the biggest thing about sound. I think in just how much it's yeah. the biggest headache oh, yeah. of the whole shooting, yes. and it's so important, but also it's not appreciated yes. at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So then, yeah. But I, I just love the geekery of like. It's interesting because I didn't realize how much you had such a deep love of that technical side of things, but it does make sense. Hmm. And it's almost a shame you haven't... Uh, yeah, but there's just no mark. There's no reason to. Well, there's no it's, reason it's for just it. A, it would just some... be a really labor-intensive <laughs> hobby well, if yeah. you did it. I got some like a little bit of work here and there uh, at the start of this year for, for another company that were just kind of like, hey, I want you to piece together some like these like ads, basically. And it, even though it wasn't using like sound effects, it was just kind of utilizing like a bit of voice and a little bit of music and putting it all together. And it was a lot of, like a lot of fun. And people were like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I'm like, I don't, I was, this is a bare minimum basic shit that I'm doing here. Mm. But it made me kind of like, oh, I, I, like, I like doing this again. This is like a lot of fun. This is like a real simple thing that I, I really do enjoy. And I kind of miss, I miss that editing aspect. It is it? nice when you're like, because mm. you, you, it's so like, it's all over the place and you just mm. put it together and it just clicks in and you got to be so precise and like, it's mm. just a feel for it. So yeah, I know when you edit something, it's good. You're like, yeah, that, it just yeah. sounds good. It sounds good. And you're yeah. like, I'm proud. No one knows. No <laughs> one is going to be like, pat on the head and good job it's just got to be like self-gratification yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh how unsatisfying but, okay. oh, ex- extremely <laughs> so um which we've had on because we've had the other guys on the kind of the story roughly but yeah sans pans basically years of just recording it but not really getting like mm. turning the thing it is and then it, it exploded got bigger and bigger mainly the <laughs> flagship show which is uh plumbing the death star mm-hmm. and since then you've slowly developed it into a company now yeah. the largest independent would you I say think the largest so. I think we're like podcasting like, network in Australia I think we are if not the largest or one of the largest podcast networks in Australia mm. I don't know how you'd measure that like I don't, so I don't understand like how, how do you Who's measure got it on their website I don't yeah. know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like when you when you when you we'll go make past the tagline like, for every show from now on I think we should yeah. but like you go past like a bakery and it's like yeah the the australia's like number one vanilla slice and i'm like who's making these how do you know this is the best one are you telling me they're making that stuff i reckon they might be because i'm totally like i had a margarita that was the world's best margarita yeah yeah recently and it was a pretty good margarita who's who's giving the awards out who's who's saying this is it i think italy okay well they would know yeah yeah (laughs) somewhere up there yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah I, i think we are either one of the largest if not the largest but then again and it's like, what do you classify large? Is it like the amount of shows? Is it the amount of like staff? Is it the amount of downloads? And again, podcasting is such a wild, wild west when it comes to like stats. And a lot of people keep them close to their chest. Mm. It's very strange to me. Yeah, I think like people just a lot of time maybe they they, they want to look better than. Maybe. The only reason you would ever hide stats is because it doesn't make you look good, right? <laughs> I guess. But yeah. that's the thing, because you, you have no idea where you are in relation to everyone else. And yeah. then in, in, in some, like, sneaky corporate espionage, uh, I managed to get some data off, like, some other sort of, like, uh, you know, what I would consider, like, sort of big-name um, shows in the industry. And I'm like, because people are like, oh, fuck, I wish I was doing as well as they are. And I'm like, we are doubling them. <laughs> oh, really? And it's like, I don't under what the fuck? Like, the numbers just don't. I don't know. The numbers are so hidden that it's a very weird thing. And I think the other part is like, maybe, I mean, what's the standard of like, if you want to say numbers, you have to say yours, but like in terms of 
for mm. the industry, mm. a, su- a successful podcast. We're not saying like yep. median. We're not because okay. we know how garbage the median is. <laughs> but like what would be like – is like weekly listeners yeah, is a successful know. one. What is it? Is it like 5,000 listeners? Is it 10,000? I think it was like, again, this was when I was doing, like just like 10 years ago. So it was just like um, the, the idea was like if you were getting more than like 100 downloads a week, you were doing better than 99% of podcasts out there. And that is because there are so many shows out there. Yeah. And it's only gotten better or worse depending on your perspective. Yeah. Um, well, it's easier to listen to them now. It's easier to listen to the them. Culture. It is, but yes, but it's also easier to make. Trillion. <laughs> so many shows. So many. Uh, it's like got to a point where I'm like, man, we, we should start cancelling shit. Like we should start just closing things off because suddenly you're just like, you know, the idea that because I think we've done like four hundred, if not more, say like plumbing the Death Stars, and you're like at a, a certain point, surely we've crapped on enough about pop culture, right? No, okay, cool, here we go. You're still so, listening? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's all right. Wow, okay. And the, the thing is, it's like I don't know. The, the shows have changed so much over time as well, and, and I think that's sort of what you you sort of have to do with a lot of the like the long running shows is to kind of have them like constantly evolve and, and to make them i guess if not interesting for the listener at least interesting for you the performer as it were mm. no, but yeah so in terms of a successful again like how, how do you classify success and i think that has to be individually like up to you like what classifies success because there are shows on my network that i'm like oh these are very successful by a lot of measurements but if i was to kind of look at them in terms of like you know, in terms of like amazing, maybe like a monetary thing, I'd be like, we'd be cutting them because they just don't, they don't generate enough in terms of individual income for that particular show. Mm. So I, you know, it's kind of like on the chopping block. But if you were just just doing that one show and you were just doing that one thing, you'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm getting X many downloads a week or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd be like pretty chuffed with that. But for us, we're like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, we, it's we a we got very... some good numbers and so yeah, it's like, this is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but and, that, and that's the thing. It's kind of like you're comparing a lot of, you know, like say a lot of small fishes in to like a very large fish. Yeah, and maybe we're just like the pond is a bit too small. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> when you're large fish, it's great doing that. <laughs> the large fish is taking up way too much space, but the little ones are there yeah, going around. Right good on you. You know, they're going to get cut. They're making sure the large fish doesn't have too many parasites. <laughs> You know, it's nice. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like come a- across very cocky. <laughs> <laughs> like a shark swimming and you see those little, little sucker fishes <laughs> just kind of eating that an amazing, amazing, delicious plankton. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, it's funny, yeah. So you go, and- but, you know, it, 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 it's such a weird industry. Like it's, it's a weird industry that I, I still have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, how deep into it are you? Like, as in, a, you, like you, there'd be certain, because you've done it so long now, you would surely know most of the major things most of the major people. Uh, and yes and no. And I, and I think because we are in Australia, it's kind of harder as, harder as well. Like It's, it's less it's, yeah. networky and stuff. Yeah. It was, it was nice. Like when we have been to America and we have been to like, say the UK, it's really nice to kind of meet other people that are sort of like doing this kind of stuff. But because we are in Australia, there's just, it's like, it's, it's like, like anything in Australia when it comes to the media, it's like, ah, not many of us are yeah. doing the thing. And like, there's just no real infrastructure and there's no real, like, support there, I mm. find. I mean, that, that's kind of across the board. And, like, you know, I speak to people in, like, the Melbourne, like, sort of, like, industry there and they're just like, oh, yeah, it's fucked because of these reasons. And I'm like, oh, cool, it's not just us. All right, it just okay. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds kind of Australian, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's so just you- in their own little buck. Everyone's in their own little silos everywhere and no one's really... 
Yeah, yeah, and then there really should be this kind of like community, but I don't know. There just doesn't seem to be the infrastructure there, and there doesn't seem to be like, yeah, the the ability to kind of. I think like I've mentioned many times before, it's this kind of thing of like I don't know what I'm doing, and it would be really nice to talk to people who sort of have been the, either been in the situation or are being in the situation, but then they don't exist right now. Yeah. So you're like, okay. And then suddenly you're there being like, okay, I'm technically a, um, a leader in this new, f- I, I shouldn't be. <laughs> but okay. All part of the there fun, we man. Go, baby. <laughs> All part of the fun. Yeah. Um, cool. And then, yeah. So, and now, now we're here. And now we are here. <laughs> so oh, we'll, we'll jump around some more as we go, but let's, let's get started on your book choice since it's been gone a while already. <laughs> Um, your book choice for today is uh, House of X and Powers of X, uh, a graphic novel, uh, two miniseries that are one yeah, by Jonathan Hickman and various other artists. Okay, and, which and the two miniseries, which is the X Men, essentially. When yep. did it come out? Uh, it would have come out reason? about a year ago, maybe. No, it was pre-COVID. So okay, about yeah, just before yeah. COVID. It was. It's like. Such a, a, a reinvigoration of the X Men franchise that was just like, yeah, just stopped dead in its tracks due to everything that happened of uh, last oh, year. Oh, so they as actually well. stopped going with it, or is uh, it no, still they, they still kept going with it. Just more the uh, momentum of it all. So, like, what they I guess envisioned planning to be like, oh, it's a monthly book and these things are coming out, blah blah blah. But because of the you know everything being delayed and stopped, they were just kind of like months without sort of new books coming right. out. So, yeah, so I picked a graphic novel uh, yep. that came out. I read it basically weekly when it came out. All right. A big nerd like that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was uh, – yeah, uh, it's – I think it's one of the best series that the X-Men have done in, like, two decades. It is beautiful. And it is – it it's reinvigorates the X-Men franchise to something that, like, I, I – I have never been as excited reading those books as I have been in the longest, longest time. Yeah. Because, like, I used to read uh, X-Men growing up. It was, like, a thing that my brother did that I would kind of, like, grab his books and kind of read them as well. And, like, I would start my own kind of comic book collection where I sort of did, you know, all, like, the floppies, which such a waste of time. But I have all these, like, floppies sitting in a spare bedroom now. Did I, you, oh, so you, you would buy them every, every month yeah. when they came out? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I have, like, so I think I have like 3,000 comics just upstairs that I'm like, how do I get rid of them? I just don't know. I just wow. don't know. Because um, no one wants them. No one wants them. <laughs> how would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Um, but, you know, I, I would, yeah, monthly you just have, like, a big pool list and to be, like, very much a Marvel zombie. Like, I was, I was always, like, a lot of the Marvel comics were sort of, like, my jam. I, I never really got into the DC world. Um... And I sort of branched out to some sort of other independent stuff, like I think when Cross Gen eventually, like when they was like a flash in the pan, they were like this thing, and I was like, oh, and then that that whole company went bankrupt. And then there was like Image and Dark. You just got a touch, don't you? Yeah, I know. I do. It's like, ooh, <laughs> touch oh, him down. Yeah, never mind. Oh no, is Zamet getting interested in this? <laughs> Run, everyone! <laughs> Maybe the problem's me. Uh, but, yeah, but for the longest time, like again, you, you you look at like Marvel where it is now, and like the big you know, the behemoths of of the Marvel. Industry was like you know now it's like the Avengers and Iron Man and Cap and all of that and it never used to be like X Men were always sort of like the king of comics especially in the nineties like especially in the nineties I think when they revamped uh, X Men when you had like Jim Lee doing all the uh, like the art for it and they did like X Men issue one and they had like five variant covers. Uh, and that made like the Guinness World Record in terms of how many people are buying this shit. Because mm. the, the the biggest problem was also you had like the speculative market being like because you had some people being like, okay, hey, look, I found all these like old comics and they're worth a lot of money because they were just in someone's attic or whatever, and so they'd be worth all this money. And then everyone got like dumb fuck brain being like, maybe if I collect comic now and I put it away in bag and board in twenty years, it may be worth something. But when you all have the same idea, <laughs> you end up spending too much money on garbage. That's hilarious. And so that, just yeah. hasn't, has, that hasn't really happened, has it? Has they, they, no, 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 no. I've got. I think I've got some comic books that might be worth maybe a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, but that's it. Nothing else. <laughs> it's like. I think I've got too big. Yeah, it's just because it, everyone had the same idea. Everyone was being like, "Oh wow!" Like an, issue one of like Uncanny X Men when it first came out, like back in the sixties or whatever, is like worth you know hundred thousands or whatever it is. So it's like, oh, so if I buy this thing which is like five bucks and I put it in a board and and, and a plastic and maybe I'll wait the ten years, it'll be worth hundred thousand dollars. No, 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 that's no. bitcoins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like that's why you had that era. That's why you had in that era. Like a lot of like big issue ones of like foil print covers and like hologram shit yeah. going on. Which look, they look pretty. Now I've got a few. Because <laughs> yeah. look, I'm not immune to the propaganda. 
Yeah, 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 you bought all of them. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. What's this? <laughs> and a lot of them have, like, issue one, collector's issue, like a collector's item. And you're like, no, it's not. Who's buying this? Me, me. The big fuckwit yeah. over here is As buying you're buying it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is around the time when, like, the 90s X-Men series, like the TV series. Like, when that was out. And so, again, I don't know why, but, like, X-Men just kind of gelled with me. It was just one of those things where, like, you had... You got like you know Spider Man bitten by radioactive spider. You got Captain America who was experimented on and does a lot of drugs. And you've got like you know uh, Punisher who is you know P- PTSD crazy. Um, and you've got all the other like other heroes that kind of experimented them like got experimented with or or found something. But then you just got like X Men who were all comes down to just the mutants and them being like I was born like this and I don't want to do this but here I am and this sucks. <laughs> And I don't but know. I like that. And I like that. It gelled with me more. It was kind of like a, a lot of the others, like, yes, there was like a science freak going on here over whatever. And like a big accident that happened. And like, yes, you could argue like uh, the, 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 you know, it's just like an accident of happenstance and that's why they're this. And so you look at like, again, Peter Parker. It's like, yeah, he was bitten. It's all very like, again, all out of his control. And, but, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, and that's what he chose to do. But, again, it was this kind of thing where it was like an accident. And But then you have, like, the mutants, and you're just like, oh, they were just born that way. They have yeah. no control in this. And some of them get, like, you get, like Wolverine. It was such an overrated character. But Wolverine, <laughs> it was, like, schnickety-schnick claws and a healing factor. And you're like, that's interesting. But then you've got someone like Nightcrawler who looks like a blue demon. And you're like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so I always like the, 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 so the variety you could do. It was, like, from a creative standpoint as well you could kind of see the creators having fun with it a bit more because they didn't have to come up with bullshit like a spider coming down being irradiated and bitten you'd be like that just born like fucking laser eyes yeah, just fucking you- knows go nuts and so you can have a bit again a bit more fun with it but you know i've always sort of been a big reader of um the x-men franchise uh i always like loved the art style i've always loved that kind of like you know delving into those big X-overs and all of that. Like, mm. I remember Christmas for me was uh, 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 not going to Midnight Mass because I would refuse, uh, but then opening up the present, which would always be like a graphic novel. And so I can remember like reading like a, a Extinction's Agenda or something like that. Like, <laughs> while my, my family were going to like religious mass or whatever, and I'm at home just reading about Archangel doing sick shit. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's it's, it's really helping. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I'll probably jump on, like, like I think think of straight away when you're saying it appeals to you, like the the, mm. the fact they were born. But the other part that I think might be interesting mm. um, is the fact that they're a team. Yeah, because it's the only one where it's like the teamness of it of like random people coming together in this team. Yes. Like there's like Avengers, but they're all like Avengers is a small like this is like. It's not as random. Like, as in, X-Men really feels like it's a bunch of oddballs all kind of yeah. <laughs> lumped together. Uh, it's interesting. Okay, all right, all right. It is interesting. Interesting, interesting. just considering interesting. your... Uh, profession. Uh, profession how and my... how you've lived your entire life. That's it, that's it's it, that's it. Literally, like, again, <laughs> this probably could highlight, you were in one studio, which you lived in. Yes, yes. We're yes. now in another studio, which also you live in. Yes, 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 uh, yes, yes, yes. Like, it's nice. Like, people are going to picture you living in the corner of a studio <laughs> on the floor. No, it's like, a, it's attached to your house yeah. where you've got, like, your bedroom and stuff. Mm. And everyone's just here constantly. You literally live the most opposite to me life ever because you're constantly surrounded by everyone. Yes, yes, yes. Just yes. seems like an interesting... Yeah, it does. Look, I got, I got, I'm a very you much... always a, like that? Uh, I don't know. I think about it. I get, I've always been like a bit of a homebody, and like and when it comes to like, 
you know, high school and that, again, my, my nose was buried in a comic or a novel or something like that. So it was very much like that. But I guess I'm like a class, classical, was that, that introvert, extrovert kind of thing. So in my private life, I am a very much of an introvert. But like put me in front of a mic or get me on stage, I can be an extrovert, very kind of like you know, large than life, as it were, that performer. And, and so that was sort of what I was like growing up and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I've always sort of yeah, wanted to kind of like be a bit of a nester as it were. And so it just kind of comes from that. Like I, I really enjoy like that, that working from home. I always have. It's just been sort of nice to sort of do that. And so it's like, well, this, this way people come to you. It's very easy. Maybe it's famine yeah, issues, George. Yeah. Hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's one side. Yeah, I agree. But like the other part, which is almost – See, because I'm, I'm, I'm not even introvert. I don't know what I am, but it, like <laughs> the introvert idea, like yes, but you don't, you're not alone ever. Yeah, well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are. Like when people go home, uh, just nice. I guess to a yes. degree, but you, you're, you'll be less so than a lot of people. I would like, say in terms of your, yeah, your look, living look, situation, that, that, everything. You've always been. Enough. You constantly have people around. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and sometimes you're like, please leave me alone. Yeah. I just want to be alone. Well, again, when, it, when, it, when we first started doing all of this, it was very much a hobby that kind of just sort of got out of hand, as it were. And so, yeah, you would just end up kind of like just hanging out with your mates, just doing this, and you'd kind of constantly be doing that. And it was never really a full-time thing. And it's only sort of very really recently now that we've gotten like an actual place that isn't a spare bedroom that it is just kind of like a place to go and work because before it was very haphazard and very laissez-faire to be like, come in and we'll do this and then we'll go off and then we'll do that. And so there would be large like swathes of time where I wouldn't see people or because I'd be living with them at the same time, <laughs> you'd be just seeing them as like a, 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 a like a social thing as opposed to a work thing. Again, the, the blending of social and work. You've, you've, just, yeah, you've just, <laughs> just gone. Uh, you've just done that completely. That's what I mean. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, and that's why I'm wondering where, how much of that was – did you always have people around? Have you always been the type of person that has – like I know, for anyone who doesn't know, Joel is the youngest divorcee that's ever lived. Twenty uh, three years when you got yeah yeah, it was like twenty three or twenty four when I got so, uh, divorced. I forget. How long, how long blur. were you with? How long was that relationship? Um, I was like eighteen, nineteen. Okay, so it was the whole time of like yeah yeah. So even but before she, that, like, yeah, so eighteen, nineteen. She was like like she was eight years older than me. Um, uh, it was a, a toxic and bad relationship. And I'm only like just coming to terms with it like more recently. Like, oh no, fuck, I was abused pretty badly in terms of like manipulated and that kind of stuff. Like like shorthand is like, yeah, she was an alcoholic or is an alcoholic. I don't know. I don't speak to her anymore, which is like, great for me. Um, but yeah, the shorthand is, you know, she's an alcoholic or was an alcoholic. And so that kind of is, but that doesn't really like scratch the surface there because there, there are a lot of other issues that that also then can like <laughs> come into play oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the manipulation it's the emotional abuse it's it's the and, and I, I don't know, you find this with some addicts it's they're very good at turning people against them like everyone else because then the focus isn't on them and she did that really well uh, like, like putting rifts between you and friends and family and stuff. yeah so i i became a big shut-in in those kind of periods of time where i was very much not seeing external friends and like That's gaslighting to a degree, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, again, there was like a lot of friends that I ended up just not seeing um, due to her. And I think 
probably to this day I haven't really seen, seen them now thinking about it. Like that was the riff that was caused no shit. there. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a formative time. Like if you just finished school, yeah. 18, 19, it's like that's when you got to put in some effort to maintain some of the relationships. So if you had someone come in and cut those off. Oh, yeah. You haven't established any routines to, yeah, yeah. I could imagine they'll just drift away. So, yeah, so that, and then you in, in the, the, the sort of like what she would do with like me and my, like my family as well. She'd be very, she'd be very, very manipulative and like kind of turning it around to like me then fighting with my parents as opposed to like focusing <laughs> on her or me fighting with my, my brother and. Post I shouldn't laugh, but that's so <laughs> fucked. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it's you're fucked. sitting there yelling at your mum. Oh, just I hurt. know. And, it's just, and and the thing is, like, when you're 19 and you're going through a very tumultuous like relationship, really, you know, you're very angry. That's like I was, I was a very angry like again kid. I was probably like pretty angry, uh, sort of like late teen and towards my 20s, and it was mostly in this relationship. And I would just blow up like like that. And you know, once the Divorce settled, and then I started doing this more, more and more full time, and getting to know the people that that were behind the mic, like you know Jack, JD, Zoe, and sort of how they had an outlook on life. And I, I really do sort of like it did really alter how I looked at things, and it really did make me not be as serious, not like take things like like it made me in a weird way, not care, but in a positive spin, like it made me it gave you perspective. Yeah. So you're saying when you heard about what they'd gone through or stuff, oh, just how they approach their lives in particular Jackson in, 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 in a way as well. Oh, so it was a philosophical learning yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And so like things that would like bother me uh, uh, back then, it just doesn't really bother me anymore. That's and it's like look- a lot of things to be like, okay, Okay, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just because he's like, okay, you put things in a different perspective, but also the way you look at it, and the way you shape it, and the way you frame it, mm. and because we're all just trying to make each other laugh, you end up looking at it from a more of a comedic point of view than anything else. And so, sure, <laughs> suddenly you you get to a, a very like you're laughing at something maybe as it's happening, and that gets you into different different kind of trouble. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's that kind of like shift of mentality that. Yeah, working with these sort of people uh, helped. Uh, yeah, made I mean, me less of a serious piece of shit and more of a, a laissez-faire, happy-go-lucky. Uh, yeah, as long as you're then, I guess you don't swing too far. Because <laughs> it's like, this sounded good. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, wait, so you're just saying you just joke about everything? <laughs> but I get what you mean. You just you take yourself less. You, you, you were a bit grim and taking things too seriously. So having people break, chip away at that yeah. idea. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's and yeah, you, so I'd be less precious with certain things. In a I, weird way, it's kind of like uh, 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 I'm not a father, but I can only imagine this is like having toddlers, where you just can't really be precious of the things that you have, like in your life, because you're like, oh well, yeah, <laughs> they've put they've put a jam sandwich in my Xbox, and now it doesn't work. But oh well, I just I got it. Look, it was funny. Uh, what do you want to do? You wanted you wanted to watch the jam. Okay, that's no, great. You want to play the jam? That, okay, you to play, that's cute. That's real cute. Yeah, but here we are. Now I've got a broken Xbox. Okay, yay. Yeah, there's only two directions you can really go with that. <laughs> so the other explosion or letting that stuff go. Yeah, and then again, be, being around uh, them has really definitely helped me let go, as it were. Yeah. I think beforehand. <laughs> All right, that, that, that sounds like a healthy uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah part of that. But like, and it, so. Just because I'm actually curious now, so so that was eighteen nineteen. So before that, was it like, did you have a lot of mates and stuff you were hanging around with, or was it like, was that your first missus? And that's kind of why it did this to you, or uh, no, no. Like again, I had a, a long relationship when I was in high school, 
like, like from like in just relation to relation. I know, just <laughs> jumping <laughs> around, hopping around. Little, little can't can't be independent. Don't want to be alone with my own thoughts, George. Uh, but yeah, it was in like like a, a I guess like a long relationship. But it's like you know from year ten to year eleven. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, or maybe year 12? I'm hoping year 12, because like a year is... Yeah, no, I'm like, could be more than, a week. No, it was more than a year. I was like, you think it's like year 10 to, to year like 12 yeah. and sort of thing. And so, but like when you're like a teenager, like, you know, anything more than a year is like fucking well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I had like a, like a lot of friends in high school, but there was like a, like a group of us. So it was like a very much of a core unit. Almost like a team. Almost like a team. <laughs> Yes. None of us had powers. We were just all a little bit hefty. All nerds. <laughs> and we were born with it. We born it was not it. given to us. <laughs> it was we genetic. All, we, all, we all bonded over playing the Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> Having land parties. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess you could call it... I don't know. It was always that kind of thing where... And me and a couple of the mates would always sort of either be like the not the ringleader, but like we'd always have. And again, it kind of reminds me of sort of similar bullshit that I kind of do anyway for a job. But it's the discussions that happens in Plumbing Ladesta, and it'd be like me kind of leading it with a couple others, and then we'd have almost like an audience mm. of our own sort of friendship circle. It was very strange. Yeah. You're kind of like breaking it down into the, those sort of uh, categories. <laughs> Don't like that, George. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just 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 commenting on the joy of X Men being a team. That's their unique feature. Um, so, well, actually, let's go back to that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, House of X, yep. Power of X, brilliant. I've read it as well. Mm-hmm. It is uh, crazy how different it is. Mm. Like, it's not X Men. Like, I actually consider it. It's basically sci fi at this point. It's wild. Yeah, like like coming into the X Men. So, I initially read the the story arc just before this, and I'd also had like a giant gap. Uh, for a while in terms of like reading X-Men because I kind of took a break from comic books for like the longest time because mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, I think I've hit a point where I'm like, ah, it's, it's enough. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm done. No, like, I like the art. It's good. I just, um, I, just I need a break. Mm-hmm. It's too expensive. It's costing me too much money. Uh, and so I read the arc before that and it was very much like, hey, nostalgia. And I was like, I am, I, yes. And, and a lot of it was kind of like referencing the 90s comics and referencing some of those sort of like storylines that were happening around then. And then when, when Hoxbox came out, it was just this kind of big breath of fresh air. And it was just like a way of contextualizing everything that had come beforehand and a little bit of a hand wavium thing because they're just kind of picking and choosing the aspects of the X-Men history that they want to play with. And I think it's incredible what he's done, what he's doing, or what Jonathan Hickman is doing with the series because it is – Again, it is such a breath of fresh air. Um, like from issue one, where it's just like, while you were sleeping, the world changed. And it's just like, okay, what the fuck's going on? And it's the like the mutants, uh, as opposed to kind of fighting in, in amongst themselves. It's just like, we are a race. We, we are a people. And, be, and because of that, we need to stand united and you know, throughout history of the like the the Marvel history, it's like so we're we're being persecuted just because we're born differently. Like we had like the Genosha, which is where they had like this like X Men, uh, also this mutant island that was run by Magneto. But then that got like dunked on by Cassandra Nova, who was the forgotten, long lost twin sister of Charles we're, Xavier. We're gone. <laughs> this is gone too far. Okay, let's just. Uh, and so and so then like you know Genosha got completely utterly dunked on by the Sentinels, and then you like all. all we, all we want to do is exist and 
we just can't do that. And we've had these things where we're sort of almost like fighting a three-pronged war between humanity and then each other. And so it's like, fuck that. Let's all, like, you know, bind together and let's make this little island that we can kind of make, Krakoa. And just be like, this is where we're living and we're, we're birthing a nation. We're going to kind of have our own laws. We're going to have our, all these kind of things. And it's like all this like really cool, again, very sci-fi because they've cured death, which is great. And all this kind of other, other shit that's happened. And then there's also this little secret, little tiny little bit over there that's underneath that everyone's like, shush, don't talk about it. You don't need to know, which is Moira McTaggart is this extremely powerful mutant that just lives lives, and when she dies, she's reset with all the memories. Yeah, yeah. And so this is her tenth time of doing this because when she is like gets to a certain point, she's just witnessing the death of humanity and the death of mutants and all this kind of stuff. And she's always witnessing this big problem when it comes to like it's 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 just it always ends up inevitably going to be mutants versus machines. And it's really cool. That it's it's like, that's what's so interesting because it like it 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 does a reboot, but like mm. almost at the same time, it clears out. It you're like, whoa! You've just churned through like 50 storylines. It feels like yeah. in one book. Like that's a bold move. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, Hope you know what you're doing because you just churned through a lot of content. Mm. If you put it that way. Very it's, quickly. Which it's is incredible. Cool. And again, I, I'm, I'm currently reading um, his run on Avengers. They did before this, which was also, again, that kind of like taking control of the Avengers lineup and then just kind of doing a lot of cool, interesting things with it. Because mm. um, I think that was him trying to, or when he was in, uh, shutting down all the alternate realities, like all the different universes, like the multiverses, it sort of starts there. We're going <laughs> to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be editing a lot of this, by the way. This is. <laughs> Such Aww. deep in the weeds stuff. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I love the enthusiasm. Thank you. I love the enthusiasm. Thank you. You big geek. Yes. So firstly, yeah, so it's hilarious how much, yeah, you're working with your socializing and your passions are all just brutally oh, yeah. merged together in your life, which is so healthy. Um, everything is content, George. This everything. is what you do. You sort of be like, right, what do I We're do? We're live streaming the wedding. Exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. We did actually live stream our wedding. <laughs> but like to our friends and family. Of because course, it was yeah. during COVID times. <laughs> But we were ready to go. But we were ready to go. Hit live any moment. We had, yeah, we had the... <laughs> Ten buck donation. Technology. Let me just throw in a line in my vows. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, she kill me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd kill me. Um, but yes, no, I, I do have a, a very melding of, of my aspects. <laughs> it's true. Um, did you mention before, so I was saying how your brother uh, mm. got you into comic books. Is he still into it? Do you still vibe with him on this stuff? Or has he gone uh, not anymore? Not, not really. I don't think I really gel with my brother anymore in this kind of stuff. It was easier back when we were living together and it was easier that kind of uh, stuff. But, you know, just as time goes by, you sort of drift apart. Um, and, and again, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm weirdly, I'm not very a huge family guy. So yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I don't know. I, I always look at when there's like anything where it's like brotherly love or like all those kind of things. It's like, it means something, you know, it's like the big twist is like, Oh my God, they're your father. And I'm like, uh, and what does that fucking mean? I don't get it. Okay. And so, so yeah, I, don't, I would, I would say I don't really have a, a very huge close relationships uh, with, my family. <laughs> I can oh. count on. I can count on, on the on the on the one hand the amount of times I spoke to my brother, or like one of my brothers, actually no, both brothers, uh, during COVID, um, and that was once when he called up and asked for money. So. <laughs> 
Look, if if you want a nice family, uh, no, not not from this boy. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you want to choose your own family. Yeah, almost exactly. like a certain uncanny <laughs> team. Some would say, interesting. Yeah, it seems like grasping, but all right. We'll, I don't we'll, know. We'll, it's we'll grasping, but all right. I mean, you're a kid and you still like it now. I'm just saying. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've gone so long already. This is so yeah. ridiculous. Look, before, before uh, I do want to, because you, you were you were churning through about fifty different mm. graphic novels to pick for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you chose X Men because it sounds like honestly the other ones. Uh, mm. There's this the whole oh, this is my favorite because this is the literary, very <laughs> clever allusion to yeah. modern life. And then it's like, nah, I like big things go smash. Yeah. Well, is it, <laughs> you asked like you know pick a book, and I was like, ah, right, pick a, a pick a few books, and I was like, okay, uh, what do I like? Fuck. And I was like, I really like you know like the the the, the Robert Jordan kind of um you know Ace and I Wheel of Time stuff. And I'm like, ah, but I never really finished it, so it didn't really grab me that much. And I'm like, okay, well the current book I'm reading is nice, but I excited when say it's a favorite book. Uh, and then I started thinking like, well, I really like Pratchett books, but I'm like, again, it's just one of those ones where I'm, I enjoy reading, but I'm about the, my favorite kind of stuff. And then like kind of like looking through like the like you know like the bookshelf that I have, and I'm like, well, there there are books that I have that I don't have meaning for, and so. One I floated to talk about. And I'm happy to talk about this another time, but it's called, like, uh, it's called My Boyfriend is a Bear. And it, it's not a great book. Like, it's not, it's like, life-changing. It's not an incredibly, like, this is the best book you should read it. But it means a lot to me. Like, it was one of those things I was having a very bad time in in, in uh, the UK South Beaches, <laughs> wherever that is. Brighton? <laughs> Brighton? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was Brighton. Uh, I was having really like just a very terrible time, and um, we ended up in this comic book store, and we grabbed it. And I just like I just grabbed that book because I'm like I like bears. Is this weird thing where like like um, in a previous relationship, like bear was the nickname that I was sort of like we just call each other, and like I've always like I hadn't finished for bears, and I'm like oh, I'll just pick this one up. I was a bit of a, a bit of like oh whatever, a bit of a laugh, whatever. How how serious could this be? Um, and th- this whole book. My boyfriend is a bear. is is all all about like it's it's a it's a metaphor for being in a long distance relationship, and at that time I was in a long distance relationship, and it was the tail end was coming. My trip to the UK was coming to an end, and it was going to be this thing where it was like, okay, I'm not going to see my partner for like six to eight months. And boy, did it destroy me. Um, this really cute book about just my boyfriend is a bear. Uh, and so I was like, I was like, okay, that's an option one. I was thinking about that because I got that. It's, it's, it's lovely. A, it's, a, it's a nice book and it means something to At me. At just the right it's point a, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like it was just this thing where I'm like, I just picked it up as like, yeah, why not? And yeah. again, it, it's not going to be on anyone's like must read list. That's right. It's not. But. It's just one of those things where I'm like, I really enjoy it. And then, yeah, choosing like what book is my favorite and those kind of things. It's a very hard thing to kind of like, because I I, I have a terrible memory sometimes when it comes to narratives in that, like, I don't often remember them. I just have a feeling of like, I enjoyed it or like, I didn't enjoy it. And I have that really, like, I have that with books a lot. I'm like, I enjoyed reading it. Don't know what happened in it, but I enjoyed it. Kind of hard to be like. What's my favorite? But then trying to remember or think about like something that's got me genuinely excited. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, yeah. 
Pox, pox. Got me genuinely excited for like comic books again. Because yeah. again, I'd be reading X Men and that, and it'd be like, eh. and, it's, and also like X Men, it's it's been a part of you forever. It sounds like from when you were a kid. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. <laughs> yes. I didn't know it was this stronger connection, but there's a pretty big connection between you and. Oh yeah, and House like again, when, when, it, when it comes to like a lot of the X Men stuff, like you know, remember going the opening night to the X-Men film when it first came out. The first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, again, uh, being a part of that, like, X-Men fandom at such a young age kind of sets you up for disappointment later on in life <laughs> because you're like, ah, oh, that was bad. <laughs> uh, because, again, when it comes there to... There were some good X-Men. There were there some, some great, great X-Men. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, X2, beautiful. Uh, what do you think of Logan? Future, uh, Beautiful. Great. Uh, Days of Future Past, again, like I love Days of Future Past. Yeah. The X-Men series is kind of this thing where I'm like, I've, I've always loved it. I love how kind of hokey it is. It's basically just a a soap opera in tights. And that's all it is. It's just kind of like the amount of storylines that someone's like lost their fucking memory. The amount of storylines that it's like, <laughs> it's this is secretly someone's dad. The amount of storylines where it's like, this enemy is now our friend because he's got amnesia, but oh no, it's not that. He's actually a, a, a genetically altered clone that's a younger version. And now he's making a, like, he's part of a love triangle between two other fucking characters. And it's beautiful and I love and adore it. I'm looking forward to, to in maybe five years from now, uh, reading X-Men and being like, ah, oh, you fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you, you had it good, and then you fucked it. It was called the, the curse of serial format, right? It's always oh, yeah. You just got to pick and choose. Give an ending that's satisfying. Yeah. No, and that's that's the problem of like yeah the ongoing thing because people like a status reboot and that and that's the the problem with like comic books in in whole because mm. you have these really interesting takes on things and then people will go up in arms and complain and bitch like phew, it was like when when um, Spider Man got killed in a weird way. Well, Spider-Man and Doc Ock switch minds and Doc Ock okay, look. died. <laughs> so then Doc Ock you, no, in I'm mind, gonna... look, you've... people got mad. People are not going to realise how much I've edited this down to cut out how much you just geeking out explaining every comic book in detail. Oh, it's so good. It's comics just... are stupid, but I love them. It's a problem. They're so dumb. And you but just can't they're... stop reading them. Oh, I know. They're, they're, they're my stories. They're a treat for me. I don't know. They're yeah. just good. <laughs> They're free to look they kept at. me company when I can't sleep. Exactly, yeah. man. The amount of times I'm like, fuck, I'll just read this. All right, cool. <laughs> man. Well, I hope look, that I was, was insightful. Honestly, I'm glad you chose House of X out of all your books. It actually feels like it was the most appropriate for this book, for this podcast. Um, let's tie it off there, I think, okay. <laughs> before you start telling me in detail another series. Let me tell you about the Swords of X, which was the next. <laughs> okay, no, that's it. We're stopping, all right? So thank you very much for being on, Joel. Everyone can see all your stuff. We advertise it all the time on the Sandspans anyway. <laughs> it's been a treat. Um, yeah, thank you. No worries. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sandspants Radio, then why not subscribe to sandspantsplus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's sandspantsplus.com. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.